All right. You want to just start this and get it rolling? Uh, yeah. Are we pre-taping this or are we going live with it? Screw it. Let's go live. Well, I'll just ask them if they're comfortable. Can I cuss? <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, we're a Christian television children's program. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> hey, I'm not wearing any pants, by the way. I'll stay no. seated. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're not the only one. On. That's right. CNN, they don't wear pants either when they were reporting from home. They got busted. <laughs> Band that we've been in for since 2000. We have a band called Lights Out. 
embraced that. That's like, oh wow, this sounds a little bit like this, and this sounds a little bit like that. Yeah, I wish, you know, that it doesn't, that it didn't sound like anything at all. But unfortunately, all of the bands that we love so much, you know, that we're all kind of sharing the same kind of sound. You know, you know, there are a few handful of those bands that are completely groundbreaking, of course. But then there's a lot of bands that are just kind of you know carrying the torch. And uh, yeah, we're we're one of them. Yeah, the the, the Saxon. I'll take that as a compliment. The Saxon is great. Nigel Blocker has always been one of my my favorite drummers. I mean, he has. I think he's pushing seventy or something like that. He still kills. Oh, uh, yeah, I just saw Saxon over there for Priest four years ago. I'm thinking I used to say about me. Yeah, I I tell you that there's no slowing down that band, and you can tell they still enjoy what they do because of how well they play. And there's nothing wrong with borrowing influence from bands that I, I think I, I think it, it's 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 wrong when you blatantly rip them rip them off. But if you take influence from like all your best the bands that meant something to you growing up, and you kind of throw it in that proverbial blender, and then you come out with an album as great as this, it makes it sound original. I'm telling you, this sounded like a freaking 16 ounce steak on top of a freaking plate with. You know, like the, the fixings. I mean, the asparagus and the mashed potatoes. Yeah. That's how meaty, juicy this album sounded. I loved it. Yeah, there was a lot of production put into it, and uh, you know, we did a lot of a uh, lot of guitar overdubs, and uh, we we spent a lot. Of, obviously, we spent a lot of time on it. That's you know, over the course of two and a half years, whatever. Um, we did a lot on the whole production end of it, and then on, on the mix down process and everything. We took our time. Uh, and, you know, between all the overdubs on the vocals and the guitars and everything, there's big production. I think it's just a really cool sound. It shows, and it, it's, uh, it, the production on it is great. You know, I, wait, you know how I feel about overcompression on music. Oh, yeah. It drives me absolutely yeah, crazy. This sounds like it breathes. So, that's great. Thank you. Thanks, y'all. And, and, you know, because me, actually, me and Lou uh, do music together, too. We've been doing cover songs, but we're not getting paid to do them. But, uh, you know, when, when uh, we send us a labor of love, yeah. When we send our stuff to get mixed, you know, and stuff like that, I like them to feel real, you know? I don't like it to feel so compressed and so put together, like, perfectly. I just like everything to feel natural and real, so. And that's yeah, what we are, music, so. We are in the middle of recording original material right now. I finally got around to it, so. That's great. Well, you know, you mentioned the labor of love, and that's what it's been for all of us, because, you know, obviously there's no money, you know, and uh, making that album really it cost me a fortune. But for me, you know, it's, it's something... That I would have never thought twice about because again, it's something I love to do, and uh, it's something that you know I'll do it again if I, if I could. You know, I don't know if I'll ever make any, any of it back. It doesn't really matter. You know, I just want to put something good out there, and I want people to enjoy it, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, it'll it'll still continue to do well. We just uh, signed with, uh, a distribution deal with. Uh, uh, Animated Insanity Records out of uh, Albany, New York. And uh, we're going to get the European distribution through No Dust Records in Sweden. So hopefully, and this is all happening right now, they're going to take our first record and the new one, and they're going to make a two-CD set with a 12-page booklet. And uh, hopefully, I think by the time we have a show with Zebra coming up in July, we're thinking it's going to be released. So... So fingers crossed, I'll make sure you guys get a copy. Okay. You know, just for anything, just, just so you can bring in your CD collection back there with this little thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. I don't. I don't. I don't. I have a little space left on the bottom back there somewhere. I'll be able to fill it up in a day. I'll be able to see it all. Oh, dude. That's like a lot more than my CD. Heaven, heaven, heaven.
So if he says we don't have any money in it, he says, who cares? Come on, we're open for Night Ranger in front of 3,000 people. You know, but, but we, we never have to pay to play. I mean, we haven't seen that down. We've, uh, we've also, this guy has also um, been very helpful in getting us a lot of really cherry gigs. Uh, we've done UFO three times. We've done Michael Shanker twice. We've done Y&T. Queen's Queen's Rike. Uh, Rat. Tesla. Uh, just to name a few. And, of course, that's great exposure. We get a little bit of money, but, you know, I mean... It's kind of a full circle thing for us because these are bands that I cut my musical teeth on and used to play uh, in, in cover bands when I was first starting out. So I, we get to do shows with these guys. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and a big shout-out to our friend John Escamilla. We yeah. get to be entertained. Yeah, John, love you, brother. And, um, you know, if he were to say, well, the option is there, if you want this gig, you gotta pay to do it, we would have done it. But we haven't run across it. I, I don't know anybody else that's doing anything either, where they have to do the pay to play thing. I know they do it out in LA, I've heard. Uh, so obviously they do it in New York, but yeah. I haven't seen it yet down here. Well, hopefully it stays that way. Uh, since, you yeah. play, since you play with Queensryche, what do you think of Pablo Tour? That was the version of, yeah, that was obviously the version we played. I think he's amazing. Yeah. I do. He's a great guy. Uh, you know, and he, uh, his voice is fantastic, and uh, all the guys were great. Actually, uh, Michael Wilton, uh, played, uh, my Black West Paul was hanging up there. Oh, really? 76 I had, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I asked if he could play it, and I was like, yeah, I was like, hell yeah, you can play my guitar, dude. Sure. $500, but. Uh, <laughs> 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 we also got to do, um, couple, I guess about a month, maybe six, uh, weeks later, we got to do play with Jeff Tate's version of Queen's Right that was going around, I guess, 2014, 2015, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't ask the question, Wayne. Don't do it. You know, actually, um, in that time era when we did Tom Tori's version and we saw Tate's version, I think Latoria's voice was better. Mm. And, you know, you know, back in the day, Tate's obviously was. Right. But I think you know, in 2014, his voice wasn't up to par, and he wasn't belting out everything like Latori was. Latori just killed him. Mm. And, and, and he's not to mention he's a badass drummer, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did that whole rest of it. Yeah, yeah. He, he, took over, he took over Tate and Rocket Dog's position. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least there wasn't any spitting going on, right? <laughs> oh, oh, man. But, uh, yeah, and thank you for answering that question without us having to nudge, nudge with yeah. Lincoln, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. They, they knew where we were going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I can't believe that, uh, you guys are going to be over here for Zebra. I know Randy Jackson very well, and no way I'm not talking about American Idol Randy Jackson, so. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I, I've opened up for Randy many times when I was, uh, bassist, keyboardist in a Rush tribute band, so I know what you're talking about. Oh, very cool. Right after that. So, you know, one of the first bands 
Randy Jackson story. So, um, I, he was, we were playing a show with him at uh, Napa Candies in the place. And uh, my wife Erin is there with me. This is way before our daughter was born. And um, so Randy and I are talking and like, you know, I'm hoping it was soundtrack or whatever. So he goes on stage, I'm relaxing. He gets off, I'm ready to go on stage. Hey, my wife are having dinner. And I go to him, I'm like, Randy, should I be concerned? And he's like, no, 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 we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good laugh about it, but uh, such a sweet, sweet guy. I mean, I really am. And that first Zebra album meant the world to me growing up, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 I, that's how I, I wore several copies of that one out. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. We actually got to play with him. He did a, a solo thing. And he just went up with an acoustic guitar here at a club, and I called BFE, and, uh, Everybody froze. 
Now they ain't not you, okay? Just them. Thank God. There we go. Uh, I'm so sorry, John, that you froze when you were saying that. Could you repeat that again, please? Okay, yeah. We're he, the guy, uh, he's going to do a variation of it. He's still going to have the airplane and stuff, but he says he's going to kind of tool around with it a little bit just to make it look where it's not the exact same thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there'll be a variation of it. And there's an airplane on the, on the first record, too. Right, yeah. Already that, that continuity. And mm-hmm. a good friend of ours, an artist, uh, Dave Foreman, is the one who, who did that. And he also does my drum. My bass drum heads, which are they're pretty awesome. Yeah, he's a, he's a really good <laughs> artist as well. Yeah. Now, is the airplane going to be some kind of theme with every single album cover? Or is that just well, random? And are you going to do Bomber by Motorhead one day? That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, the, the whole plane thing, it ended up being intentional. It wasn't, you know, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do with the second record. And we all had decided, well, let's kind of keep that theme because of the whole you know, Bomber Betty, World War II aspect of it, and uh, we decided to go ahead and keep it. And, uh, you know, our friend Dave Foreman did the first one, and I sent, I sent the idea to my brother, and uh, he kind of fiddled, fiddled around and sent us some drafts. And, uh, and so we're kind of keeping that. Probably when we when we do our next one, there'll probably be a Bomber plane in there somewhere. Well, maybe we'll go to Boston route and have a spaceship or something. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Remember, it's going to be a big Texas landmark for you to be able to justify that, because that's what they did with, uh, with uh, I think, the second album. Or the third, yeah. no, the third album, the third stage. They actually yeah. had a Boston landmark as a stage. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, that first album, people didn't realize it, but... Those I was just going to say it. I was just going to say that. I just found yeah. that out, like, a few weeks ago. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Ben? Uh, probably about five years. 
kids on on Sirius XM, um, you know, like Liquid Metal and, and uh, Turbo and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, there's for, for what, we're, what we do, for what the music that we like to play and stuff, there's really not that much of an outlet. It's almost like a throwback to the 70s and 80s kind of. Um, that 
could promote us, you know, and then a few of the people there, and our guitar player uh, knows a few people, and that would help promote us in the, in the Midwest area. So we'll see what happens, but uh, that's, that's our ultimate goal, is to try to get out there and try to get, out, get our music out and do some touring around. Mm. And hopefully, you know, with this with this uh, this release that's, that's coming up in a couple of months, maybe, hopefully, we'll be invited to play some festivals. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. In Europe, I mean, that would be awesome. That's always been our, <laughs> we've been talking about this since, you know, I can remember. It's like one day, you know, maybe go to Europe and play and do a festival. And actually, uh, that'd be a bucket list. Ben, ben had a line on uh, the Heat Festival about three years ago in Germany, uh, you know, with a promoter maybe getting us in on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 